0: Mr. uh, uh oh, excuse me, Lord Scarbladder, you and your horde of orcs are going to find these catacombs most no sufficient for your needs. If you'll just uh, follow along there on that non-repo blue enumerated floor plan I've provided. But you see, there are 33 main chambers, 5 secret corridors, and a particularly nasty passage into the
1: Underdog. Did I mention that the previous owner is going to leave behind his carrion crawler? Yes, yes, it's all very nice. But well, do I really
0: need eight different pit traps? I'll lose half my goblin hirelings
2: before the first adventurer ever steps foot into the place.
3: Well, think of it as a, uh, lackey
1: incentive program. Oh, so
2: those damned magic mouths at every alcove?
1: Well, that's the price you gotta pay for security. And this maze section. Do you really
2: think that I want to get up and work through that every morning? It could be model. Do you know what it's going to cost? to replace those Iron Maidens, alone,
0: Hey, don't sweat it, don't sweat it. You know what? I know some people.
3: Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall.
0: Ah. Hi, this is Bob 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 Big Bob, Vila. And now, it's time for the show, this old dungeon, dungeon. The show where Grog go to get their Grog on.
3: gonna do this, we're gonna a lot of stuff done. Or he kicks
0: my ass. We're gonna be off. telling your
1: I'm Briggy, I'm Thomas' wife, and I'm the noob.
3: Somebody here call a carpenter!
2: Uh, this is Thomas, husband to Briggy, And uh, let's see, I work for a library, I write, I draw, I paint, I do all of this, but none of it very well. The truth is, I can always find games no.
0: This is Lual Liu. I could charitably call myself a game designer and game publisher, but definitely a veteran role player 35 plus number.
2: We work on it the rest of the night, we get it together. We can do this, right?
0: no way in hell we can do it. Alright, welcome to this old dungeon. How's it going, guys? What's uh, what's new in the world of gaming for you
2: guys? Anything? Brig, you want to go first?
0: Uh,
1: what is new in the world of gaming for me? Um, Nothing exactly new. I think we continued with Strahd, uh yep. at least a couple times since well, the last time
0: we met. What's the update on that? What, what, what point are you right now?
1: Uh, we are in the the village.
2: Velaki. So you guys yes. left in, the uh, castle. Then. We're in
1: Velaki. We finally they, yeah.
2: They made it out. We
1: had enough of that crap <laughs> for, for the time being, and uh, we did make it out. Um, we just barely.
2: Uh, they got their asses handed to.
1: <laughs> we we did. Um, I was I think I had. For whatever reason, picked up one of those. Um, I like to call it a Hermione bag, but it's one of those uh, holes
2: it that holds everything. Port, it's a portable hole. Oh, yeah, a portable hole. Got so they put the they put me.
1: No, they put me in there because I was almost dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they didn't have to carry me around.
2: So. <laughs> So I it adjudicated kind of it that it was like a little pocket universe with its own, which it kind of is yeah. in the rules, and so it was kind of like a sus- suspended animation thing. That's cool. Yeah,
0: my kids uh, in our family game, they had a bag of holding, and I uh, just kind of went off the cuff on it uh, because at one point, one of them wanted to see what it looked like in there, and they stuck their head in. So I made it this like this nebulous universe with everything they ever threw in there just floating on clouds around, you know, just kind of. In
3: the ether,
2: <laughs> that sounds That's like something seen in, uh, in the cartoon Adventure Time. Or <laughs> yeah, Finn would stick his head in a bag of holding or something and see all this stuff on clouds and stuff. Hey,
0: at the uh, at the con, I actually got to play part of Curse of Strahd. Uh, oh, Harlett, nice. Eddie uh, Wallet uh, r- uh, ran a game of uh, uh, what's the intro adventure on that uh, Bleak House or something like that.
2: Uh, it's, actually yes, called the, like well, it's actually called The Death House The Death House, yeah, that uh, Yeah.
0: So uh, he ran it, had this whole Miniature boards thing set up We uh, we cool. got down to the statue Of Strahd in the dungeon level And all got killed <laughs> By a bunch oh, of wraiths no. okay. so,
1: Oh, by a bunch of what?
0: Uh, wraiths, the little oh. shadow form thing may, Maybe they weren't wraiths, so maybe they were just Plain shadows, I don't know what they were, but they sure killed us we had just oh. enough time to see a bunch of black figures and roll some dice and die, <laughs> but uh, okay. it was fun though. We got oh, through wow. all the rest
2: of the stuff. Up yeah. Well, we're doing a whole campaign, and it's not a con game. It's kind of fun to get a TPK in a con game, but not so fun, you again. know. <laughs> yeah, if you're wanting to do an ongoing campaign, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim. Tim joined our, our our son. Tim joined us in the game, because uh, uh, they because they got to the town of Velaki. And that's where we kind of had a cliffhanger. Everyone collapsed at the, the town gates. Then they woke up later. They were inside. Uh, Tim's character was introduced as his group of adventure. He was an adventurer whose previous group had been all wiped out except him. Oh, so it was yeah. a great end and a great way to just introduce his character.
0: Does his character have, like, PTSD? What did I say? Post-traumatic... He disease. didn't remember. PTSD, Yeah.
2: He kind of did, because it was just the way he rolled his... He chose some of it, and he rolled some of it random, his backstory in D&D 5e. And it worked out pretty well. So Excellent. that's that's been interesting. So we'll see how it goes. Um, it was a big RP session, and I realized now that this group... Miniatures are great and stuff like that, and the terrain and the maps they want more of the RP. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and bend the story that way. Granted, encounters are going to happen, but I'm going to try and bend them a little differently now. I've, I've really caught on to this group. Which is funny, because I'm related to them, so you think <laughs> I would figure that out by right now. Um, and, uh, I, I,
0: I hate to keep Digging into Ravenloft, but you know it's my favorite. So, you guys were in the castle. What what brought you to the castle, and then uh, what made you decide? No, we got go"? uh, oh, to go. Oh, good,
2: take this? You gotta, good one. Go ahead.
0: It, you can take it if you want. But,
1: well,
2: uh, I'll, I'll. You may add in when you can. Okay. You know right. the the march. You know the the ghostly march of the dead that goes uh-huh. through the town and the castle. They followed them. Hmm. That was all it was, and then the, they go up and in. So they thought, "Oh, this is the way we get in, and this and that." And and I really tried to dissuade them because I'm like, "You guys are not ready for <laughs> this." But I didn't come out and say that because you don't want to do that. You don't, yeah. one, you don't want to, you don't want to railroad them, and you don't want to let on in a meta way either that this is, you know, this is not good. But they got in there and they survived like three whole sessions in there. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and they did really well. Because, you know, sometimes the dice, um, as they say on Fear the Boot, Dan Reperger says all the time that the dice are like the, uh, if you have four players, the dice are the fifth player. (laughs) So they survived for quite a while. Uh, But then they got out barely. Yeah. It's when they decided to leave. The castle didn't want them to leave, and that's when they started to really encounter heavy stuff.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
2: I have been all about the hero clicks lately.
0: Really? Now is, yeah, is that still the, a thing, or are you going back to the old ones?
2: Oh no, I'm, the new stuff. It's ah. really
1: good. It's really hot uh, too right now. Really, really? Yeah. like buzzing.
2: The Justice League Unlimited set just came out, and that's you know that's the animated style which I love. I bought. Several months back, I bought a brick of the Batman animated series because I love it so much, and I love Justice League Unlimited so much, so I bought a brick today, and that was fun. And um, Downtown Comics on the west side of Indianapolis... Shout out to them. I was talking to Mike, one of the managers there, and they do Hero Clicks like events there at the mm-hmm. store and he said they are going to start that up again. When they can start that up again. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're opening they made like they were part of national news during the you know, we're gonna date this podcast a little bit, but during the the riots and stuff in downtown Indianapolis, their their shop was, you know, looted.
1: Yeah.
2: Um but when things get ironed back out, they're going to start up again, and I am absolutely... Yeah, so there you go. Uh, but yeah, I've just been doing that, uh, running little skirmishes to, to get the rules down really well and stuff, watching videos. Like, I'm not getting this. And there's a there's a website on YouTube called Tabletop Teacher, and he does really good videos, like little animations and stuff, and it helped me kind of put a visual to what I'm reading, too, because it's been a long time since I've played in Yeah, I was going to say,
0: I was... Thinking about asking you if the rules are any different, but then I realized I don't really remember the rules much,
3: so.
2: Um, no, they're, <laughs> no, they're just as weirdly complicated as before, and yet not. That's kind of the chess part of the rules. I like a, I like a house rule version of HeroClix where pushing's done a little differently, just to make the game run faster. Yeah, I
0: remember it being like you could only, you basically could only move the character or use the character every other turn, or else you ended up taking damage.
2: Yeah, that's the pushing damage. Well, now there's a... And unless you had willpower, which lets you choose whether or not you took it. Well, now they have a new rule called indomitable. And what that is, is if your character has indomitable, um, they can take, um, they can do an extra action and they get that token and they can choose as to whether or not to take the pushing damage uh, or not. And not every character has it. Certain characters do. Like Superman, he's really tough. Um, wolverine he can heal and stuff uh but then again not all wolverine hero clicks have this so it's pretty cool and you know of course sometimes you might want to take the pushing damage so you can get a power you know that's not revealed on the dial and stuff like that but it's it's pretty cool and yeah i'm really looking forward to that i pulled a um a dark side figure today oh, wow. which Is one he's theirs, al- yeah he's already gone yeah he's going for seventy dollars on ebay yeah, I'm not selling him, but I am going to sell my uh, Windigo from my X-Men set. That's going for thirty or forty. I'm like, okay, I I'm more of a DC guy, but my Marvel stuff is pretty much. I really dig Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So, and they're having a set come out, so I'm going to sell the Windigo and then you can put, apply that money towards a brick of Fantastic <laughs> Four when it comes. Because that's more my jam than anything else. So, anyway, that's what's been going on with gaming with us.
1: Well, and I've been still doing my online gaming uh, games, you know, so I have enough of those going on. Although I got rid of the Star Wars of the Republic, it just wasn't for me.
2: No, I was going to say, if anyone can hear uh, in the background, um, our family has been binge-watching New Girl, all seasons of it, so you might hear some of the uh, the dialogue in the background.
1: So far, I don't I don't hear it. So
2: okay, yeah, I'm just saying, just apologizing ahead of time. But we all love the show here, and they've been binge watching it. So,
0: so Briggy, uh, you were talking about online gaming. Um, yeah, I know Lord of the Rings used to be your, your go to on that. Is it still one of the ones you do a lot? It has
1: been the one that I ha- started with in 2007 when it came out. I am an OG player. I okay. am not a beta player. I don't know why I'm not a... Like, um, I didn't know about that uh, at the time that uh, Lord of the Rings Online came out. Um, but I've since decided that I don't like being a test player. I'd just rather um, be surprised.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Just like a lot of people want to read these previews or whatever. I don't want to read any of these. You know, like some of the trailers I don't want to see for movies and stuff. I want to be surprised. So um I don't do any beta but yeah I've been there since uh 2007 and uh recently found a kinship that is full of crazy kooky people so that's kind of fun um
0: so you, do you, you have get a name kinships and stuff is it is it like do you have your own war band or whatever
1: well it's I mean you know uh what happens is you have gosh I would say that on re- the regular there's about 10 15 to 20 people on at a time. So then you can fellow up. So you create a fellowship because it's Lord of the Rings. So you don't, you know, so it's a kinship, not a guild, blah, 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 you know. Um, so you um, create a fellowship and then you run instances and certain things like that. So you can ra- run raids and instances. There's also a PVP where you can either be the monsters like the orcs and the spiders and the wolves or you can be your regular character as well. Um, I dislike being the monsters. It makes me anxious. So I always play my hero character. But I have played both sides.
0: Hmm. And do they
2: still drop new content and stuff for that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, think about it, how much they had.
2: Now, remember, they're based more off of the books than they are off the movies.
1: Right, right. So Wilderlands just opened up. Um, But I'm not even close to being... I mean, they're level 130. I don't know what World of Warcraft uh, level cap is, but you know when you're up past 100, you've been around a while. (laughs) I mean, because I've played Rift since... uh, which is another MMORPG um, since 2013, and we're only at level 70 cap. So, I mean, they've got 30, 60 levels ahead of that. You know, so... They're like a they're pretty solid and and I think part of it is because they're on the uh east coast. So they're not on they're not on the west coast, I mean like everybody else. They're on the east coast. I think they're based out of New England area or something. Yeah. So I think it's because of that partially, but I don't know. They just it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous game. So yeah, I like that game a lot. All right, yeah.
0: we're sliding into our first uh
1: Yes, First let's First actual segment
0: it. here, uh, so let's do a little Grail Quest.
2: Go and tell your master that we have been charged by God with a sacred quest.
0: Grail Quest. All right, so Grail Quest, we, we talk about what we're looking for in gaming, what, what uh, objects or uh, answers to gaming quandaries or whatever uh, is out there in gaming that we're looking for I guess I, I'm gonna go first if you guys don't care because uh, I,
3: I no, mentioned
0: something during uh, the one shot that I did about the you know doing the convention review and uh, so the people that listened to that they heard me talking about this uh, uh, Planet X games uh, they're a small game uh, publisher that are they're producing some uh, kickstarted adventures for fifth edition and I had picked up one of theirs, The Jungle Tomb of the Mummy Bride, and uh, it was just oh. phenomenal, just super well-written. Uh, at any rate, uh, so now my, my grail quest is to uh, try to start acquiring the, the other adventures they've put out. They, they put out one. Oh, man, I'm going to butcher it. The Occurrence at Something Hollow, it's, it's, like, it's kind of like a expedition to Barrier Peaks. Meets the okay. hills have eyes. <laughs> it's kind of a, ma- a mashup. Oh, movie. okay. Uh, wow, it's it's got some cool kind of um, hillbilly uh, uh, weirdness to it. And then they're uh, their Kickstarter for uh, Skullcano Island, which is kind of like a you know Skull Island, uh, Guide You mashup sort of thing, uh, all thrown into the, the fantasy world of D and D. Looking to get that, too, because I was super impressed with, uh, with the jungle, Tomb my mummy's Bride. So that's, that's my grill quest right now. What about you guys?
2: Um, I just want to try and get some online stuff going. Like I said, I feel a little intimidated running online because I've never done it. So we're going to try and do a Star Trek Adventures little mini campaign with uh, Brig, our son Tim, and myself. We're just going to do Discord and, you know run through it and see uh, see what can happen with it, because yeah, they're kind of my guinea pigs, <laughs> my test subjects. Yeah, That's it for me. Right. That's it for you?
1: Um, yeah. Honestly, right now I'm kind of trying to look ahead, um, and I just do that, especially since this time of year is usually when we pick up our uh, Gen Con tickets and stuff. So what I'm looking for right now is um, what we're going to do maybe for a non-Con um type of thing um but also um, because of the fact that the um the Lord of the Ring company got out of 5e um, I can't find the books so I am trying to see if I could find a little bit I mean we have them on PDF which is great mm. but uh, yeah, it would be I nice to have Humble, Humble the
3: rest-
1: it'd be nice to have the rest of the books because I really like the books and I like how it goes so, I just love uh, that,
0: that physical, tactile holding the book, mm-hmm. flipping the pages. You know, I, there's you know PDFs yeah. are great, but man, I love a physical
2: book. Yeah, exactly. Well, I did. I bought the, all the PDFs on Humble Bundle for a really good deal, and I'm like, well, if we don't ever find them, and you know, you might not want the whole book, you might just want a section of it. But yeah, she wants them. To, yeah, I mean, we're collectors, so we get it. And Brick does not collect a lot of things. I make up for that.
3: <laughs> yes. um, oh, definitely. Wow, yeah, Times um, but five. I, I could see that <laughs> myself.
2: But Brick but uh, definitely wants to collect those, so I'm, um, you know, that's pretty cool. Modifius did a really good job with the Lord of the Rings game. It was basically converted stuff from their The One Ring game, and when Five E came out with their open license, they just converted everything to that, which is cool. They didn't have to rewrite; they just, you know, did a Little update with the system, but for whatever reason, probably licensing reasons, they don't have it anymore. Speaking of uh,
0: things off of drive uh, drive through RPG, a uh, few weeks back, uh, Fat Dragon had a sale like sixty percent off of everything, and uh, I don't know if you've oh. seen, but you know they used to do paper terrain and stuff, but they've gotten really yeah, they big. Think they
2: still do yeah
0: they, yeah you're right they still do but they, they've uh, put a lot of resources into developing 3D printing stuff, and uh, yeah. I, I uh, at the prices they were selling them at, I was like, you know what, uh, someday I might get into this, and I bought like almost everything they had uh, for sixty bucks,
2: and it's and that includes a ton of stuff. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. I've I've looked into a little 3D printing. I haven't made that jump yet, but yeah. That, that is cool.
0: Yeah, I figure with the summer burning on, with with no county fairs or state fairs or anything else to go to, uh, that'll mm-hmm. give me something to go. Because your
2: kids are, well, your kids are very involved with 4H yeah. too.
0: hmm so, Yeah, it was kind of heartbreaking, but but it is what it is. We'll get through. So. Yeah,
2: well, it's like tonight we would have. Uh, let's see, this weekend would have been the Superman celebration in Metropolis. Which we weren't going to, but we were. We have, I've wanted to go there for a while now, so we're thinking about next year. Um, there was next week would have been Fear the Con in St. Right. Louis from Fear the Boot Crew, and tonight we had tickets. It's been postponed, but we were going to go see the metal band The Sword tonight. Yeah. Where was that? Uh, uh, the Vogue in oh, Indianapolis. Good. You know, this summer is going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of teaching the kids to drive. Hopefully, we'll get them. We're going to do driving <laughs> lessons. Uh, you know, simply because I can take them driving, but, you know, they might do better getting from someone else, you
0: know. <laughs> Been there, done that. So,
2: yeah, so, yeah, but anyway, hey, we're getting off topic, but yeah.
0: All right, well, uh, let's move on to our next segment.
2: We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. Wonder who it's from. My
0: opinion is letter writer is a total wacko. So this is letters from the Homeowners Association, and we didn't have any specifically uh um, for for this episode, because uh, I, I went through a couple on the on the one shot, maybe I probably shouldn't have. Now I'm looking back on it, but it's trying to fill time, right? <laughs> uh, so I, I right. want to. There was one I got asked for that that I thought would be neat to get you guys' input on. Uh, so Anthony from the uh, uh, Dead Game Society Facebook page uh, had asked the question. Is there anything that's a deal breaker When it comes to modules Is there anything if you're you know shopping for an adventure Or whatever and you flip through a module You, you see something or you, you learn something about it And like nah I would never run that And I think on, on that episode I had talked about how uh, Stuff that's too random I don't like um, And I kind of went through all that So I, I really felt like it would be nice to get your guys' input Is there something out there that's just you, you look at it and you go yeah it's a crappy module I would never
2: do it I would say there's uh, there's been some I've looked at um, that they get needlessly complex. It's like the plot. I don't know how else to describe that. It's and what I mean by needlessly yeah. complex is there. I don't remember. Might have, it was a Watsy D and D module, and I all I remember is it just uh, the the setup for the background of the module of this story that, you know, you could adapt to however you want to adapt it to, to your adventure or run it as is or whatever. Um, but it just, there was a lot going on and it was like, I feel, I felt like I needed, um, if I was going to run it the way they wrote it, um, I would need, I'm really trying to figure out how I want to say this. I needed Right, like I'm like, this is, or family this is suddenly or I need a master's in uh, <laughs> geography and history on a fantasy land, which there are, you know, there are people out there that can tell you about this, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't necessarily want to go into that, um, just really complicated, and I'm like, how about you give me the bare bones, and then let me add what I need to to it, I, I don't know how else to describe it than that, they just get needlessly complex. Mm-hmm. um but here's a physical thing i don't like modules where it's the paper is not the type that you can write notes in the module. right you mean like the, yeah the, i hate
0: that glossy paper i absolutely I mean, hate
2: that because i will open a module and i'll make notes in there i'll maybe i'll put post-it notes but sometimes i'll even write notes i'll maybe underline a section i'll highlight a section i don't care i'm going to use this it's not this isn't for collecting you know i'm not highlighting a hundred and fifty dollar original mm-hmm. copy of fiend folio here it is this is meant to be run for family and friends, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a nitpick for me. What about you, Brig? For me, I think it would
1: be, I, I think that the party needs a good objective. Um, if the objective isn't that great, then I don't. Like, like I think some things are like, what in the world? Why would we be going to do this for? Yeah, it needs a strong story hook. um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like if you really like maybe the setting or like part of the plots of the module, then you could alter it to, you know, be creative in your mind and figure out something that's better than that and run with that. So just kind of how you your thought process is. If you don't have time and you want to run a module, then don't run one that you're not going to like, Like mm-hmm. you know, all 100%. This is something that you do for fun. There's no reason to be, like, 75% in, you know <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so you should be, like, 100% 110 even, you know? Um, so because that's why I like um, that Lord of the Rings. So one so much because i know i'm in it you know i know that it's noble causes and you know you're it's good against evil kind of thing and
0: that's yeah, an easy uh, sell to most yeah. players
1: yeah it is I, I you know um even if the uh how do i want to say it because i think like the stride one started out a little weird i was kind of like well what are, what's our objective what are we doing you know and then part of our players are like well we don't want to do good so why <laughs> would we help these two kids out so it was I mean you know like I think you can make it work for you at any time but you're right like I don't want to i, I want to look at a game at, at the game and the objective and go oh yeah they'll want to do this mm-hmm. I think that's a big
2: deal Well, in in the Strahd adventure, too, sometimes the adventurers are just as much of a victim as anyone else because they're, you know, a classic Ravenloft trope is that people kind of stumble into it or entrapped into it. Right. You know, so you don't necessarily have a hook right away. It's just, uh, you know, Strahd fancies you, so he kind of kidnaps you into his realm, which is exactly how this started, you know. There really wasn't it, the the hook real simple to start was everyone's on a, on a journey you're going up this mountain through a mountainous pass and down the other side well halfway through Strad uh, you gain the attention of the vampire lord Strahd, and he decides hmm. I want to see more of these people, so you get whisked away by the mists of Ravenloft right. into the into the realm.
1: And I want to say I like how that transition went because I um, I don't like the the ones where you're just suddenly asleep and then you're transformed somewhere else mysteriously. The way that we did it was we were partying and drinking. <laughs> the, you know, we were having a good time with the gypsies or whatever. And then, you know, that made sense to me, like, you know, so I just, I think it's kind of weird to be like, well, and suddenly you all have woken up. It's like, what? (laughs) When did we sleep? I I had no idea that that happened, but you know, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it had more of an organic feel kind
1: of going. Yeah, instead of, well, we got to move you from A to B, so we're just going to pretend there was magic smoke that made you (laughs) fall asleep. And then somehow your bodies were magically transformed into this other realm or something, you know. Remember the,
3: the yeah, one
0: Halloween th- party I had where we ran Ravenloft. I tried <laughs> to do the uh, tried to do the Ichabod Crane thing, where they're at a party and there's a ghost story being told. And then when they left the party, they were like chased down by the what do they call it? The Great Hunt with the you know that the legend and Scottish tales about the hunter with the black dogs and. Uh, blows the horn and once you hear the horn blow you know you're being hunted for your souls or whatever
2: that's pretty cool Was, didn't I play didn't I play into one of those oh yeah yep yeah, yeah I remember we turned uh, I remember a sloth <laughs> and we're gonna leave that alone yeah <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> that'll get but
2: then I had gotten late get,
0: we had to get going so yeah <laughs>
2: anyhow yeah alright it got late and there you go <laughs>
0: All right, well, let's uh, let's move into the main event then. I, ha-
1: I have no idea what happened. This was pre-me, so I have no uh, idea yeah. what these people are talking about for, right now. I'm for just the, audience the
0: audience listening who yes. do or don't care, I'm not sure which side of that fence they're on. Um, so, okay, first condition here. I had rewritten the module a bit and made it so that it wasn't Strahd, but Strahd's brother that was, that was the vampire. And so Strahd was kind of trying to protect his You're brother. just trying to
2: put a new spin on it is all. Yeah, fun. I always yeah. try to do
0: something different with it. Um, so when Strahd was, when they had encountered Strahd in the dining room, uh, they just kind of, it was getting kind of late. Uh, I, I, I had a bad tendency in those days and still do at times to to meander at the beginning of an adventure too long before getting right into it. So at any rate, uh, it, the, the night was getting late. The, the Halloween party is about over. And so at this dinner party in the game, the characters, uh, the players decided that their characters would just like uniformly just boom. Let's let's attack Strahd right now, right here, and so oh somebody boy. turned him into a sloth, <laughs> polymorph. That
2: would have been that would have been me. Yeah,
0: and then they <laughs> and then they just like gangster style like beat the hell out of him and like put swords through him a few different times and
2: yeah. I remember very distinctly because I was playing this, a wizard character. I could not. Rem- I was like. Um, I'll cast, I think it was Polymorph Other or something on him, and you're like, I, I roll. you know, you rolled the effect, and it worked. Yep. And you're like, what do you turn him into? And I'm like, oh, um, uh, 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 uh sloth. <laughs> and so he like, slowly okay. gets up
0: from the di- dining room table <laughs>
2: Then another person at <laughs> the party, because we were playing the kind of a themed, had a blunderbuss, which is like a big flintlock sort of thing, but like a, I would call it a almost like a flintlock shotgun, mm. and blew his head off. <laughs> oh yep. my
0: gosh. Yep, yeah. yep. But see, if he had been the vampire, he couldn't have been polymorph, but because I'd switched him out, it was like, ah, crap. <laughs> well, that <laughs> goes this.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and right. that
1: was the end of that game. <laughs> right
0: yeah, there. well,
2: it was late. Yeah.
0: It'd been fun, though. All right, so today in uh, this old dungeon, we're taking on UK1 Beyond the Crystal Cave. This old dungeon.
3: You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off.
1: Every time I hear something like "Beyond the Crystal Cave," I think of Stacks, just a, you know, a a 70s kid thing. I think, yeah.
2: So, Louis, what is your? uh, Yeah, what's your first experience with Beyond the Crystal Cave? So, uh,
0: this is not one I've played a lot. Um, In fact, if if I were to give it a subtitle, I would subtitle it "Failure to Launch." Uh, the few times I've tried to run it, we've never gotten through the Crystal Cave, or we maybe got through it once, and then it was just mayhem within the uh, within the Garden Beyond because the players got like bored and not weren't sure what to do, and so they just started tearing it up. That garden
2: is so different. It is so different. It is not your typical D and D adventure not at, at all. all.
0: Yeah. So just uh, I, I like to give the, the as much publishing information as I can when we start these things. Yep. Uh, so for those of you playing along at home, um, so this is one of the first official United Kingdom publications for TSR Hobbies UK. They had done, of course, the, uh, the sinister secret series before this, but this is the first one that actually got its own branding as a United Kingdom module. Uh, it was printed in 1983, uh, had three main writers, uh, David Brown, who did the sinister secret series, uh, Graeme uh, Morris, uh, who's disappeared from the world, man. I've I spent the last month and a half trying to track that dude down, trying to get any contact I could with him, any information about him that anyone could give me. Contacted several TSR employees, who they themselves said, "Now we have no way to get a hold of him." Uh, so where we are, Graeme. Uh, if you hear this, uh, try write into us, man. I I really dig your stuff. A lot of, I mean, he he wrote uh, yeah, drums on Fire stuffed. Mountain, <laughs> Ravenger of Time. Uh, yeah. Where Chaos Reigns, Night's Dark Terror, Bugs in the System from Star Frontiers. Um, if
2: we don't hear from him, I just hope he's doing well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but there's, you know, it's weird. There's a lot of dudes uh, and gals in the uh, gaming community that are like that. They just, you know, they wrote all this stuff and then they just disconnected from
2: the hobby. Well, look at David Tramp here. He just fell off the face of the yeah. earth until right before he died. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Holloway's sort of like that. I,
0: I. I heard that he's he he had some health issues he's doing okay now i heard but he's still kind of uh i I, I guess from what i understand he's just sort of a shy guy and isn't really sure that you know there's enough fans for you know to make sense for him to try to you know become part of the community again i don't know but yeah if you're out there if if somebody knows him uh tell him he's got a ton of fans he needs to get out there and be at conventions we all want to see him again talk with him and all that but uh, and then there's one other author before I forget, uh, Tom Kirby, yeah. who uh, ended up becoming the CEO of Games Workshop uh, mm. from 1985 no until 2017.
2: That's cool. So, wow. yeah, in, in a, a, he oversaw some good stuff. Yeah,
0: well, and I guess he was the one that kind of said, "Okay, you know, at, at that time Games Workshop was still doing a lot of different things. They were making like backgammon sets and all this other stuff." And uh, he's like, no, no, no. Uh, you know, this this game we have here, Warhammer. Let's let's make that front and center. <laughs> uh, so, and, uh, from what I understand, there was some fallout at the end there. Um, and I don't know all the details of that, but whatever. I mean, you know, the guy was, you know, made an empire. Basically, you can't fault him for, you know, falling at the end. Most emperors do. So. Uh,
2: well, Games Workshop. I mean, Warhammer, Let's be honest. If you're going to get into Miniature tabletop gaming—you cannot pick a more expensive game than Warhammer.
0: <laughs> true, true. You know, worth everything. No. <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah. yeah. Well, no, I've never, I've never fallen into that rabbit hole. Have no desire to. I'll do. I'll stick to BattleTech and HeroClix. Imminently <laughs> affordable. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we're not, we're not going to turn this into a Games Workshop, uh, a bitch session. Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: no, let's not do that.
2: No, but anyway
0: so yeah that's that's the main publishing information uh the the artists inside the book uh timothy truman and uh i'm gonna butcher oh. this name delu De, delu i don't know sorry man
2: i don't have the book in front of me briggy's got it but, uh, i got it timothy
0: truman I, I don't he didn't do too much uh oh, I've yes seen i've now.
2: met i've met timothy truman oh really Yes. Um. I'll, I'll, let me take over for a second. Yes, he did a lot of stuff with TSR. I think that's where he got his chops going. He did uh, a lot of interior art. He did this. I think he did some Star Frontier stuff. I know he did a lot of D&D. Then he went into comics. He has gone on to do, um, let's see, Lone Ranger, Zorro, Conan the Barbarian, writing and drawing. I met Timothy Truman a few years ago at the third Indiana Comic Con. His table was set up next to Joe Lansdale, whom I'm a the author, whom I'm a huge fan of. He's written all kinds of stuff. Some people might know him eminently from the Hap and Leonard book series and the Happen Leonard T V series they did for a while. Hmm. Um, he also did the Bubba Hotep stuff. That's Joe Lansdale. <laughs> and uh, I they they're um, their tables were set up next to each other. He had a Conan series that he did called "Songs of the Dead." Tim Truman did the art. Joe Lansdale wrote it. I went and got to meet Joe, and then uh, uh, I was, you know, got him to sign my comics. And then he yells over, "Hey, Timmy! He's got your, you know, he's got." And so they're they're good friends. So I got him to sign it. I got called "Bad Dog" by Joe Lansdale, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, because that's like that's like going to uh, you going to see someone like Don Rickles and having him insult you from the stage it's a badge <laughs> of honor uh, you know uh, he had written some I told him how much I liked his Lone Ranger stuff and Lansdale was like oh have you heard my Jonah Hex stuff I'm like uh, no and he's like oh bad dog and he's like i'm just kidding i go no it's awesome i got called bad dog by Joe lansdale um <laughs> Tim Truman has had quite the career in comics. Still does. He wrote a long run of Dark Horse uh, Conan the Barbarian comics, hmm. and he's done other stuff as well. Uh, but that's that's the, what I immediately remember. But yes, he is alive and well and still working. Good deal.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't do too deep of a dive, but I haven't seen a lot of his work in D and D stuff. I, I well, a D and D stuff. I guess D and D. He might have. I, I'm looking at the style. I'm thinking back and thinking that yeah, I've seen. Maybe some similar work in it, but it's very distinctive. It's got a very uh, evocative, emotional sort of uh, feel to it. It's a lot of charcoal work and stuff.
2: hmm Yeah, he's done Jonah Hex for DC too. So he does more. He doesn't do as much uh, like your superhero comics. He'll do your genre comics, uh, mystery, horror, westerns, fantasy like Conan, things like that. You're not going to see him do Superman or Batman or Spider Man or anything like that.
0: Which is cool. Yeah. So in, uh, I guess we need to probably say, you know, spoiler alert, you know, as we talk about this module, you know, we're going to talk about whatever we damn well please. So if you think you're going to play right. this, uh, you don't want to listen to the rest of this podcast. Right. Yes, this, right. this it's module is. Sort from of 1983. To- yeah. Three, right. Yeah.
1: Yes, spoiler alert, everyone. <laughs> but if you're DMing it,
0: hey, you're, you're right where you need to be.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so the the premise of the module is that uh, long ago there's this magician and this uh, half-elf, uh, Porfirio is I guess how I would pronounce his name, in carowind. And they're this, you know, the greatest love story ever told. Somehow the half-elf dies before the human magician. <laughs> and the human magician <laughs> continues to build this beautiful garden and this uh, beautiful palace Kind of like a Taj Mahal sort of scenario uh, for him and her to, to be enshrined in, and it makes like a pocket universe. And then uh, fast forward to you know modern time for the players, and there's uh, these two young lovers from warring families, you know, very Romeo Juliet thing. Uh, Juliana mm. and Orlando are their names, and they run off and <laughs> elope, and they go to these you know magical gardens which you know a seventh level adventure is going to have a hell of a time getting into but somehow they do uh, maybe the gardens wanted them i don't know but at any rate uh and then you got to go in and retrieve them for their parents
2: fair enough yeah that's yeah. that that sums it up really well there's plot twists very heavily and i think we'll get into that as we go mm-hmm. as you find out more about the mystery of the garden it's a lot more uh complicated than just that but that's that's the elevator pitch you
0: yeah. know kicking it off I mean what what is it about this adventure I mean this when I announced that we were going to be doing this adventure on a couple different uh Facebook pages trying to trying to track down some of these uh authors um I mean it it was big I mean a lot of people you know lots of likes lots of you know uh comments on it um what do you think makes it so big what's what's super memorable about it what's unique about it
2: well first I'm going to say personally it's a nostalgia factor um, I have a very fond memory of running this around a small little coffee table at my cousin's house. Uh, my parents came over, I had a couple of aunts come over, and they're playing cards. You know how it is. This is <laughs> in the 80s. And they're playing cards around the dining room table. My cousins Chris and Josh had never really played D&D before, but were all about it. So, of course, I'm the bad influence, and I'm going <laughs> to teach everyone about the Dungeons and the Dragons. So we sit around this little coffee the, table. The devil uh,
0: stuff. <laughs>
1: I had a
2: reputation um, for yeah. that. I'm telling you.
0: Um, anyway, <laughs> they're over there playing um, that satanic ah! module, Beyond the Crystal
2: Cave. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, I ran that, and it was it was a long evening because they're sitting playing, they're drinking coffee, they're smoking, they're drinking, they're playing cards. I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's the '80s, and we're <laughs> up till like two in the morning. I think we started at like six, and we ran through the whole thing. No
3: we really. didn't hit
2: every we didn't hit everything, you know but we played the adventure, and it came out really, really well, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, that said, as we said before, it is not a typical D&D adventure at all. Wow. That might be another part of why people like it so much. It's not yeah. typical. It it's a not a dungeon feel. crawl. Yeah, very different feel. It is not dungeon crawly at all. Very little of it is a dungeon crawl feel.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Especially, I mean, you look at when it came out, and you know what it would be compared to, I mean... Uh, it was a huge detour from what had been yeah. done. I mean, it, there's almost no combat in it. I mean, there's a little, but but very little.
2: There can be, but it goes it does not go like typical combat. And yeah, it's very sandbox. It is very once you get into the garden, it turns into a sandbox adventure. Brigitte, what do you think cool.
0: about the setup of it?
2: I
1: think the setup's uh, neat. I would probably love this adventure because it's in my area. I mean, if you're going to have spells that attract the green man, then I'm all about it. So, uh, yeah, and about lovers and magic gardens. and.
2: Hmm. Well, do you want to go through each, like, each section of it, and then we'll talk about each section as we go, because it starts with the Crystal Caves themselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so the, the, the cave yeah. system... Uh, and this is one of the areas that I think the module shines. Is The idea is there's oh, it's great. a magical stream coming from this uh, font head inside the gardens that are magical. And that magical stream, as it leaves the pocket world and enters the real world, uh, has kind of polluted this, this cave with magic and, and changed it. Um, so you have effects coming off of that magical water, which is now... There's this whole time dilation thing, so the water's just, like, barely trickling out when it's, like, a, a rapid river on the other side uh, in the pocket dimension. Um, yeah. And that that's that's created... This is the first uh, first appearance, as far as my research can tell, the first appearance of Mud Men. Um, yeah,
2: it is, because in the back of the module, it has a write-up for new monsters, and that's one of that's them. Yeah, yeah They're really...
0: Uh, I, I never... Really did the math on it, but uh, if you were a fairly strategic game master, <laughs> they're pretty deadly. I mean, you, you, you attack some they of are. the smaller characters, you know, like a, a halfling or a dwarf whose speed's already pretty low. Uh, what they do is, as they throw mud, they slow the character down, and once the character's at zero, they're basically emulsified in mud and done for. You know, they start suffocating. But, uh, well, far. it says
1: here they're a demigod, so.
0: What the mud men?
1: Yeah, in I the think, back of the appendix this is Mudman, God, yeah, frequency,
0: very rare
1: I think I've class. read somewhere
0: oh. where that was a, a mistake where oh, the, it was okay. a, they were what was the deal, it had something to do with they were trying to uh, follow the format from the green man oh,
2: and no. copied over <laughs> that from him but,
0: um,
1: okay. I might be wrong on that story it but definitely I, makes sense I do remember that it that being the a green mistake, man as one
2: yeah. So maybe in the early days of cut and paste, that was not a good idea. Yeah,
0: I mean, it had to
1: do
2: yeah. with the typesetter well, or
0: whatever the person that was putting it all together.
2: Right, or you know, maybe with the magical properties, they were so powerful or whatever. Yeah. Excuse me.
0: <laughs> but there's that. <laughs> there's anyway, the, there's the cave of uh, poltergeists, which is kind of rubs me the wrong way. I, I don't. Do you guys go through that or?
2: Um, when I ran it, I've ran it. Yeah, it, I mean, of course we did it. I, You know, I was, what, uh, 12, 13 at the time? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so I didn't think too hard about it. Um, but now that I think about it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense because Poltergeist, evil and everything in the garden is inherently good. Mm-hmm. Even the Mud Men are not really evil. They're just kind of forces of nature sort yeah. of thing.
0: Well, and they're on the other side of the garden. I guess the thing with the Poltergeist is, like, I'm wanting, like, You know what caused them to be poltergeists? Like, where are these the dead people that created these spirits, and why were they so tortured as to create these spirits? You know,
2: yeah, that never made a whole lot of sense. They're cool and they're spooky, and so that works. But within the theme of the whole adventure, it does Mm -hmm. not. I mean, yeah, sure, it works, but it doesn't really fit thematically. I I would almost the part of
1: the haunted cavern part. There is that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, in there I see an opportunity for you to create Why, If it's not mm-hmm. there, then make it yeah. up.
3: Yeah.
0: I, I would almost start to hint at the mud men, like start to put those little, you know, cairns uh, of mud with, like, boots hanging out of them and swords and stuff in that cave. Oh, that's cool. Cave. Yeah. And then it's, you know, people that died this horrible death whose souls are now throwing their equipment around trying to hurt people coming through. Wow.
2: Almost like the Mudmen were the were the adventurers who tried to go through, and they were of a neutral or good alignment, and so they actually still live on in some weird way. Hmm. But anyone that was of an evil alignment, they became the poltergeists. That, that you know, as question. they tried to go through and die. I mean, that's that's you know, off the top of my head. But what I really thought was cool, and I always enjoyed this. When I've ran this adventure twice, um, I've never played in it. I've never played in a lot of adventures. Is the actual Crystal Cave which I've always described as it looks like a waterfall carved of crystal. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the actual portal into the garden. And I always thought that was really, people were always really captivated by that because it looks like a waterfall frozen in time. So you're seeing like hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of droplets of water individually at the same moment. Yeah, in time. That's very cool and very advanced for d and D, I I think, at the time, which might come from the fact that it is a British writer. They have a different mindset about things. I mean, look how they write, like, their other fantasy stuff, uh, Red Dwarf and Doctor Who and Judge Dredd. It's a lot different than the stuff you read over here.
0: Mm-hmm. One so. thing I would also do, they've got that Cave of Echoes that's here where where it talks about how, like, the locals will go there to try to get, you know, like an oracle, try to get some sort of answer to That's some question cool. they have. But I would do something more with that. I, I feel like, you know, uh, and we can get into this as we go further, but, you know, there's a mystery sort of thing that has to be solved inside the, the gardens. And I think some of those clues, you got basically one chance to get those clues. <laughs> uh, and I kind of feel like that Cave yeah. of Echoes is another place where you could be throwing some of those clues. Maybe Maybe, you know, when players go in there, they... They hear, like, a, I don't know, like maybe the ancient thoughts of uh, uh, Porphyro and uh, um, Karen uh, or whatever her name is, Karen. Uh, you know, maybe, like, little love letters that are, like, being read. I in the think that is actually
2: pronounced, that would actually be pronounced Sharon. You think Sharon? All right. Yep. Do you know? I think so. Yeah, with Karen like that, but just the way, because I think they're going with that kind of Gaelic, sort of uh, old Irish, mm-hmm. Cornish, sort of. Yeah, yeah. So that k- would be a shh yeah. sort of thing. Sharon. Um, yeah. That's my guess. That's my yeah, guess. Well, let's What's let's let's the spelling go. again?
0: Uh, C-A-E-R
2: W-Y-N? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, like
0: Carolyn C- C-A-E-R-W-Y-N. 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 Yeah,
1: it's Sarah.
2: Sarah, maybe it's Sarah. I think it's Sarah. So anyway.
0: But yeah, the crystal, the crystal cave feature. I mean, that's yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's the titular. It's
2: the title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: what's the? Oh man, I gotta look it up now. One one thing I couldn't believe is like the the waterfall creates like crushing force that's like incredible uh, to try to go through it, which you have to do to be able to go to the the room that teleports you.
2: No, you're oh. right. You're right. You have. to, Yeah, it's it's tough to get through because um, if you think about it, it's almost like it's uh, frozen diamonds, almost. You know, I don't know how else to describe it. Liquid diamonds frozen in time. That's some real Doctor Who timey-wimey stuff there.
0: So it says here, uh, let's see, uh, you got a save versus a crushing blow if you put any objects in it. So, and, and the DM strongly advised to, to let players know as they're getting close to going into the waterfall, like, it's going to kill you, man! It will destroy you. Uh,
2: well, I, all I have to say about that is, from day one, even when I was thirteen, I threw that out. What's that? You know, mm-hmm. the adventures on the other side. Exactly. Of the yeah, it's like you know, there, there's <laughs> only
0: one door here, folks.
2: <laughs> right. got let but them so I, kinda, I made it rough for them, but I made it passable.
0: Yeah, because they have to do it. Dispel magic, destroy water. Uh, part or lower water. I'm not even familiar with those two spells. I'm I'm sure everybody else is. I just don't remember those ones very well.
2: I think I had it that they just had to do like a strength check to get through it.
0: Yeah, that's what I would do. I mean, (laughs) what is it? I think like a gallon of water is seven pounds. So, I mean... You know, and
2: this has got force behind it. Uh, granted, we're not going to apply real-world yeah. f- physics to this, but if there is force behind it, theoretically the force would still be there even if it was slowed in time, right? Well, maybe? I, don't I don't
0: know, because force is uh, mass times acceleration squared, and so acceleration is the most important part. Uh, okay. But then again, it's
2: a difference in time, too. Yeah. It is accelerating, in but it's, it's time, at a
0: different.
2: Yeah, yeah you're talking right. yes. yes, comic book you know it we're, It's little time it's, you it's, want, here it is. It's quantum magic. Yes, because exactly.
1: Because this is a made-up world. So why does the real thing stick here? Who knows? Yeah.
2: You know, definitely. Yeah, definitely.
0: definitely you, you, you gotta, you gotta do some stuff with that. Because most players are not going to get through that waterfall. Uh,
2: like I said, at, at twelve, thirteen, whenever I ran this for the first time, I threw that out. Yeah, I'm
3: that like, well, how
2: how are they going to get through? You know, even then, I'm like, what? <laughs>
1: Right. I mean, like, the description, the waterfall itself feels as hard as steel. No thanks. (laughs) No one wants to go
2: through that. Well, you you know what would happen with an average average group? They'd come up here, well, you know, and suppose they do what they suggest, like, get the idea across to people that, you know, you're going to die. I could see me running this adventure for our family, and I could just see, you know, Julia and Em... uh, you know, Our daughters would come be like, okay, well, it's hard to steal, and it's really hard to get through. Okay, roll the you know, roll the die. They roll the die. They don't get through. Well, I'll try again. Okay. And they'll be like, ah, screw this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and they turn around.
3: Yeah. It's really like, not
2: like Man.
0: on that way. <laughs> they were only yeah, poor we're not, little we're not doing this adventure.
2: <laughs> Yeah. We're not doing this adventure. And you're like, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. yeah. Anyway. But like I said, yeah, I,
0: I I can't remember how many times so I've So, how run are you this. supposed
1: to get through this dang thing?
0: Uh, you got to use magic. That's really, the uh, in the write up, that's the only way it suggests getting through it. Is, yeah, uh, well,
2: well, that's one of the other problems, though. What if none of your characters. I mean, okay, yeah, you're supposed to have your four core classes Wizard, Magic User, Fighter, Rogue. Okay, whatever. What if no one chose that? But then, what if the Wizard didn't choose any spells that work mm-hmm. for what you need? But even if yeah. you've I done. Mean- I mean, even so,
0: this spell Magic has to be versus a 20th level uh, casting. So, I mean, even, you know, I, it, it, you know, I don't know. To, to me, that's, that was, I'm not sure the function of doing that uh, for this adventure. It really puts a stop to it early. And, and like I said, I ran it a couple times, and, and these caves are mostly the only thing that's that I've ever really played. <laughs> okay. Whole land well, beyond it. <laughs> but that's well, me. That, that was bad DMing. I'm every- Should have done what what you knew how to do as a a young kid and just been like, ah, forget it. You you can get through the water. It takes the strength. We'll go. Well,
2: well, that's it. They get to the crystal caves. They can't go any farther. So, thank you for uh, tuning in to this episode of this old dungeon. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so anyway, let's
3: probably
1: kill us all as a bard and like do thunder stomp so or something. Yeah. So it would maybe you know push the water back really quickly so we could get across or something. I don't
0: know.
2: Well, and that would be you know that would be a, to- a chance for the DM to adjudicate and be like, I'm going to allow that because I got to get you guys through this. Yeah,
0: and, and, and I think yeah, modern aesthetic. That's what the writer would have written. They, they would have you know said you know hey, there's any number of ways that they can get through the water. You know, some examples are and yeah, you
2: know. right.
1: Yeah. yeah. They didn't put that many examples of what you could do, though, really.
2: Well, to modern modules are also written, they're either written with just as, even less detail or a lot more detail.
0: Yeah. That is true. You One know. One way or the other.
1: I mean, this this says yeah, what you should do video. is uh, use dispel magic on it. So then it must become a regular waterfall.
0: Uh, but then momentarily, again. It, if I remember right, it,
2: it turns it for a while into. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: and then on top of that, like you said, the the difficulty to do that's really hard.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah 20th level magic. How do you... <laughs> right. Okay.
2: <laughs> and it's for the the modules for,
0: uh, what is it, 4th to 7th level, which is kind of a wide yeah. gap anyhow. Yeah. But, yeah. So uh, just just to get us through this module, so... Yeah, it's, hey, look, if,
2: kids, over there. Yeah. Hey, look, we're through.
0: Yeah. You know? If you get beyond the uh, the waterfall, uh, then you get to go to the garden. And uh, Yay. It, it's the same kind of bone to pick with the garden. Um, it's a pocket universe. It's a whole
2: different level weird, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's got like a billion things that don't work in it, you know, as far as magic goes. <laughs> yes,
2: um, it does. Well, okay, first off, magic doesn't work for the most part. A lot of spells that you want to use in the garden or might want to use... It's not that they work differently. They don't work at all. Yeah,
0: and I've never been a fan of that design. In my opinion, I mean, especially
2: when you're playing old school. Okay, you know what? As a DM, that's too much to have to keep track of. That too, yeah. I mean, it's a lot. I'd pick a couple of key things, be like, it works differently, maybe keep this in the front of my mind. But, yeah, there's just some things that just... Well, I just feel like in an old school design, I mean, you're talking about wizards and clerics that...
0: You know, even at sixth, seventh level, only have a handful of spells, and yeah. if half of them are now n- not even less effective, it's not of effective at all.
2: Yeah, you use you use most of those spells just getting through the damn cave.
0: <laughs> you better rest up.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. you got to be careful of that, that be because. And rest up. What's the deal with right. time, Thomas? <laughs> Okay, here was the big screw over. Like, <laughs> hey, you guys, screw you. You get through the adventure. I'm going to jump all the way to the end. You find out, you look, I have a penciled note in that book <laughs> somewhere that one day, what is it, one day equals a week, or one day equals a month, and an hour equals I- I was a week. Thinking Time works differently. It's something like yeah, that. It's... Time works so differently in the garden. That for, you know, you might spend a day in the garden and two years, it's it. You spend a day in the garden and two years pass on the outside. It's like 12 hours is a year or something like that. Yeah, it's some weird <laughs> thing. Because that's what would have been cool in our Grey Fall campaign. You guys go, whatever happens, happens, and then you come out of the garden because this is set in, okay, officially this module is set in the Greyhawk campaign mm-hmm. setting. It says that very early on.
0: It's Got a very um, like Mediterranean Sea kind of feel to a bunch of little islands like. Say,
2: uh, my my uh, my notes in there. I think even say Greek question mark Italy yep, question. It does. That's like my yeah. That's like my suggestion. Like to get a feel in my head of how this would work, you know, and. I think it would be interesting, you guys, because the way the Greyfall setting was, it was a place that you guys were from. You'd go adventure and come back. It's not just a tour of the realms, and that worked out really well. Well, wouldn't it be interesting if you go in there and you guys stay, say, I know you guys. You'd have stayed in there several days. Mm -hmm. so A decade would have passed on the outside. (laughs) And when you came out, it would have been a way for me to move the world forward while you guys were gone. That would have been a great twist at the end of our game. That's why I was going to do that. But, yeah, time works so differently in there. And here's the other thing. Okay, you're going, you going to bitch about this garden. <laughs> <laughs> this classic that everybody loves. This classic that no one should love, but somehow love. Look at her warts. It is you kind stare of, at those warts. <laughs> It's a dysfunctional relationship. Oh, I love you, baby. I'll never do that. I'll change. No. It doesn't happen. It's a dysfunctional relationship, you (laughs) abusive bastard. Anyway, hey, don't get me wrong. Men can be crazy. You get psycho ex girlfriends, and you get, I'm going to swear, you get dickhead boyfriends. (laughs) Gender has nothing to do with it, okay? But this, this module is so dysfunctional, okay? Anyway, I'm well, sorry. I mean, it, it's
1: the way that the time is working, then it strays away from your objective. If you're in there for that long, I mean, the parents are going to be dead.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right! <laughs> <What>?
1: <laughs> you're going to well, come back, and people are going to be like, who the hell are you well, guys?
2: Or think well, you're isn't ghosts. That part of, yeah, isn't that part of the thing, though, is that they send you to go get... You know, you take on this quest, this whatever, to go, to go get Orlando and Katy Perry or whatever there <laughs> right. and go you in know, after them and you come back. Well, then what the king, whoever, doesn't tell you is like, oh, they've already been gone for two years. <laughs> you know, that's kind of an unsaid thing. They've already been gone a long time. They just went into this garden. You know, if you think about it, that's a subtext that's not told to the adventurers before they take on the job. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, a lot of the as you were saying, a lot of the encounters in the garden make no damn sense.
0: So yeah, I mean that's that's one thing that I I wrote in my show notes here is that you know if I'm running this, I'm gonna you know these spells and magic items that just don't work, I'm just gonna have them work different. You know, like for instance, no fire Mm -hmm. spells are supposed to work. I'm gonna say okay, it doesn't produce fire, but it produces like disorienting smoke or something, something useful that you know can still be applied in some way.
2: Yeah. Um like uh, flight doesn't work also. Not that a lot of players do that, but there's I don't have a list in front of me, but there's a lot of spells. And here's the thing, it's supposed to be this super magical garden, right? But certain spells don't work. Why don't they work? Is it because Profero set it up that way? Is it because the green man is well, there, which we'll get I into have that? List.
1: So yeah, what's the which list will not Read them off. Animal Summoning one, two and three? Uh, burning hands, which is a really good basic, uh, nice one. So, uh,
3: call but it's lightning. A fire
1: spell. Right, call lightning. Charm monster, charm person, charm person or mammal, charm plants. Conjure fire elemental, control weather, control winds. Creeping doom, delayed <laughs> blast, fireball, earthquake, entangle. Which that's
2: that should. That one sounds like it should work.
1: That should work. That's a bunch of crap. Okay, explosive rooms, find familiar, firestorm, fire trap, flame. I get the flame stuff because it's a garden. Yeah, okay. Fly, uh, hallucinatory forest and terrain. You're already in one. Why do you use that again? I don't know. Hypnotism. Yeah. Um, Incendiary, I. What is it? Incendiary cloud.
3: Incendiary. I've
1: never heard of that one, but uh, that sounds like a neat one. Uh, it's a magical
2: napalm. It's what it is.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. It's it's a it's a big botanical fart or something. <laughs> um, okay, insect plague, jump, levitate, mass charm. Produce flame, produce fire, pyrotechnics, fireball, fire charm, fire seed. Okay, we get the fire stuff. So no,
2: no kiss, no fire. Is what we're uh, saying pretty and, much, uh,
1: yeah. no pyrotechnics allowed. Um, the only one that I mean, I get the fire ones. I'm not.
0: I, I think the others are just this idea that you cannot dominate the nature that's there. That it's right,
1: because it's elemental your, nature. Area. I would believe. I don't believe that it would be a person or mammal. Uh, the Charm Plants one, I would question, because I think that you would should be able to. So I think Entangle and Charm Plants should have been able to be used in this. Um, well,
2: there's some monster encounters in there that... Like, there's a treant in the garden. There's a, a new creature in there uh, that's in the, in the garden also. Treant, for those who don't know, is very much the uh, TSR uh, Dungeons <laughs> Dragons version of an Ent, which right. in the original D&D they had, and then the Tolkien, whoever was involved with that, said, hey, you can't use that, that's a uh, copyright IP sort of thing. And so they said, okay, and so they changed it to treant and <laughs> hobbit to halfling. Anyway, that's all, you know, yeah. so maybe that's why they don't have things like Charm Plants in there, which I don't think is a thing anymore, anyway.
1: I had never really heard of it, but I'd have to look it up.
2: I, I did well, find you've you played 3rd edition Pathfinder in 5e. This is going back to 1st edition.
0: So. Right. right. I did find it, uh, I was looking in the back of the module for the time disruption, but it's actually in the front of the module. So uh, every day is equal to two yeah. years. So every every day the adventures are in there. It's two years that pass outside of the bubble. So yeah, So does that day. mean
1: if you rest for fifteen minutes, then you know it's been a day? Probably not. Oh
2: man, I don't want I don't want I don't want to play D anD D the Excel spreadsheet. Trying to, <laughs> <laughs> that's our campaign setting. It's Microsoft Excel. I don't want to have to track all that. Nobody does. It's bad enough trying to get the dishonest thief being the one to track all the treasure you find.
0: Right. <laughs> so when you when you get teleported in there after going through the crystal waterfall, uh, you you show up at this uh, fairy ring and there's these leprechauns and um, and this is your one shot that you'll possibly be able to make sense out of how to get to the final spot within the gun.
2: Yeah, but okay, in defense traditionally and they are these leprechauns and they should be are dicks. <laughs> well yeah, they're
1: tricky. You know, trust well, the and that's gonna be one of
2: my That's going to be one of my complaints about this module again later. But anyway, please continue. Yeah, I, no, I,
0: I I agree. I feel like in a lot of ways the, the module is set up to frustrate players. Like like, to, well, like egg it. them on into doing what they normally wouldn't, which is attacking the garden just so the green man can show up and beat the shit out of them.
2: Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much it. And he will. Yeah. He'll show up and he'll be mad. Um, and basically, if anything gets killed... Uh, you know, he shows up.
3: yeah.
2: And, uh, you know, and that's the thing. It's it's very sandboxy at this point. You run around and you're going to find centaurs. You're going to find a unicorn. You're going to find right. these otters in the lake. Um, which I want to say, every time I've ran this adventure, I've only ran it twice and it's been years, every time the adventurers go after the otters in the lake. <laughs> they're supposed to be playful and they're supposed to be a little mischievous, but every time they attack them. Um, you know, that's so every weird. time... The, well, it's because they don't know any better. It's the, oh, it's a gazebo, I'm going to attack it, sort of mentality, right. Which you see, like, lights of the dinner table and stuff. But, um, but they've got all these, these, uh, these things in this, and I see this as they go into this garden, the whole thing should have, now follow me on this, guys, it should have, and it conveys this, and it's British, a very, quote, fey, uh, trickster, you're in the land mm-hmm. of fairy sort of feel yeah. to it. Yep. And here's the thing about fairies. And if you read in, in original Peter Pan, Tinkerbell was a little shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, the people of Fae, you know, they would switch out a, a baby in a crib with an imp uh, because they thought it was funny. They'd give a guy, you know, uh, donkey ears, because they thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, we killed your wife, because <laughs> we thought it was funny. You know, things like that. They, yeah, they have a different logic. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the way I could describe it. It makes sense to them. But to no one else and so that should be the overwhelming feeling of the garden and that's one of my problems with it it does it has that feeling and it doesn't have that feeling mm-hmm. i feel like you should go into this garden and it should be a little more sinister feeling than it is because now you're in the land of fae and you're working by their rules and their rules actually change with you know mm-hmm. their whim I'd almost say I wouldn't want the Green Man in the garden, much as I would want someone like the 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 High Elf lords you see in um, uh, Shakespeare, like, like Titania and stuff and, like that, yeah. and Puck and people like that in there. Than the Green Man, he actually makes no sense in there.
0: I mean, he's an interesting character. I mean, he's he's like you know yeah. the the most like chill guy in the world until you go destroying something in the garden. I mean, he's you, you know, know what Lord he is? of the Brew. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he's a he's a ghetto Tom Bombadil.
0: <laughs> I, I was picturing <laughs> really? him as the Big Lebowski.
2: Oh, there you oh, go, boy! All right, all right. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I've always had the, I've always cast him as like John Goodman, <laughs> yeah, in a big yeah, beard definitely. and you know, and, you know he he's in the D and D Beyond the Crystal Caves movie for the paycheck,
3: <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: But the, uh, the leprechauns, so they, uh, they have all these rhymes that they do with the players. And I really think uh-huh. if you're going to run this adventure, you've got to do a lot of footwork ahead of time preparing the leprechauns. Because, you know, you've got, to, you've got to think of all the tricks they can play on the players, uh, you know, what, what they can do with their illusions and stuff, and get their character down pat. And then these... Well, the, and
2: they're not really a problem unless you get their gold, too. Yeah. There is a rule about that in there.
0: Yeah, they do have the, anyway, the little it. home where you can try to get their goal. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but one thing I would change, like... Because c- they give you these rhymes, um, but, like, some of them are meaningful and some are not. And, and this, again, this is, like, the only chance you get to figure out the, the things you need in the maze to get to the final uh, Palace of Spires where you can actually rescue the, the teenagers. Um, so I think if I was going to do this, I would make it so that the, they still give meaningless riddles, but maybe make it so like the ones that are meaningful rhyme and the ones that aren't meaningful don't? Or, or give the player clue. something to kind of
2: disseminate that? Well, I'd almost get rid of all the leprechauns and just have one. Mm. One leprechaun and he shows up at the mo- most inopportune moments, kind of a Mr. Mix's Piddlic <laughs> sort of thing from Friends and Superman comics or Batmite or... Impossible. I'm going to even go Marvel, Impossible Man from the Fantastic Four. You know, he just kind of shows up. And when he does, you know, ah, crap, there he is. <laughs> you know, uh, there'd be a bit of foreshadowing, you know. Uh, but yeah, I'd get rid of all the... I would just go one Leprechaun. I wouldn't go for one. i vote for more than that. I would also maybe... I think, go ahead. No, no, that's it. That's it, go ahead. No. Oh, I... I
0: Another thing I thought of doing is like maybe prepare a bunch of riddles and then have the leprechaun like let them know that hey I've got this bit of information you're going to want but to get it you got to beat me at a riddle contest and then Oh, know,
2: that'd be fun. Do
0: the back and forth uh, um riddle contest. Well, in today's thing.
2: in today's parlance too, you could do the riddles and you could make a roll. If you do a roll well, or you RP well, either one, you know, let a player go to... You know, some people don't play RP very well. You know, let them go to their comfort level. If you do well enough, I'll let you look something up on your phone. Uh-huh. That'd be good. You know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, or, and then even get, you know, get some dirty limericks just for the <laughs> heck of it, because it would be funny and fun... It's like, in in my games, if you find a library, you better look at the titles, because I'm putting some weird stuff in
1: there. Right, right. It's always fun to
2: think about that. Well, I I mean, I work in a library. Of course I'm going to do
0: that. Was it you that did the Dora the Explorer guide in one of your games?
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. I'll do real serious stuff, and then I'll do things like Love Sonnets of the Drow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah you open it up and it's all like it, what is it, they opened it up and it was uh, Fifty Shades of Grey or something <laughs> like that. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, it just, uh, it just it, it, you bounce all over the place. Uh, the only thing that seems to make any sense to it is I think there's, you can have a possible encounter with unicorns which that's about the only thing to me that makes real sense in this thing. Because if you're going for this whole fae fairyland sort of thing, unicorns, that works. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's not even much to them, right? So yeah, yeah, you you bounce all over the garden, and it's it's this is where it becomes very um, sandboxy. Yeah. well, and, and the, and you the know, thing like that you TV can go all kinds of different places. Yeah, which yeah. I love a sandbox game. Don't get me wrong. The, the thing that is
0: missing, we talked about this on the le- last episode, is there's no pressure point here, and there really needs to be because the players don't know that you know outside the world is changing very quickly. Uh, yeah. So they're just they're wandering around trying to find these people. They have no idea where they might be. There's nobody that's really helpful so much towards
2: that. Um, well, and you have your mur- murder hobo players, and then you have your players right. okay, you know, in the old fashioned style that just want to get treasure and magic mm-hmm. items too. So they're going to kick over you know, they're going to be Mario busting every block, you know, on the level trying to find gold coins and the magic mushroom, you know.
3: but
0: And, and even players that aren't normally like that, you put them in a paradise where nothing's wrong and nothing's going on uh, long enough and they become like that. I mean, it's like they got to bark up some tree because there's no trail to push them in any direction.
2: Well, I like to play drunken dwarves. I'm stereotypical like that. I play other characters, too, but my go-to, and I have a lot of fun with it, which is why I do that. Well, after a while, I, you know what? If you're going to play to type, he is just going to hit something.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm redoing this, I, I'm going to... You know, the, the the new rule that people say that you hear repeated all over the place is if you have a mystery game or, or some mystery in your game, you got to have three clues. Three chances
2: That's that that's, find fi- it. That is, that's the same in fiction, too, or dramatic writing. I remember when I was in the drama company, uh, we d- we were d- working on a skit where um, someone gets shot. You know, a long story, but anyway, one of the things was if you want someone to notice something, if you want to drive a point home, you say it three times. Hmm. Like, so in the skit, they, we fire a cap gun, right? We fire it three times because that first one, oh, that's a shock. That second one, then that third, it's like, boom, boom, boom. And you, you, if you want to drive a point home, you say it three times. Same sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
0: so I, I don't know specifically what I would do. I think I would maybe have uh, some sort of like immortalized love letters between the two, um, and, and in those letters, have something that indicates. You know how to solve the maze, and and you know signifies the four leaves that you have to have. You know, not like you know flashing light bulb kind of stuff, but but have it in there where a player would pick up on it. You know, after seeing it and putting it together well, with the leprechaun
2: and all that. That's what I was going to say. What if you use the leprechaun as like a trickster guide? He's telling mm-hmm. you the truth, but not everything. Or you know, it's like when you make a, a deal with the devil, if you don't spell it out or read the fine print, you get screwed. <laughs> well, the leprechaun's going to tell you what to do. It's like, you know, the, the leprechaun could say, well, this, the bridge is strong enough to cross, so everyone starts to cross a bridge or whatever, but then it collapses. And you're like, you said it was strong enough for the cross. Yeah, one person at a time. <laughs> you didn't let me finish. You know, that sort of thing. Right. You know, go my solution would be to actually make it much more sinister. On the surface it looks really sweet and nice, but then underneath it it's it's a little sinister. Mm-hmm. It's a little dark. It's working that weird fey logic where this makes sense to me. That's one of the ways I would make, th- make it better because I think it would just, you know, yeah, it's really nice and all, but it's got the seedy underbelly of Utopia there. Yeah. Um,
1: As a player, um. When you can't, when you're with a group of people and then you can't get the clue or whatever, it can get kind of frustrating. I know that you got, like you said, uh, you got to give us a little bit. I guess, like, like you said, give us a roll. Maybe we could look it up or something. <laughs> like, I like well, that idea. Uh,
2: I'm not saying I've done, I've done it where-
1: that kind of stuff, but I think when you get a whole bunch of different people together, they're going to fight over how they're going to re- solve the puzzle.
2: Oh well, they can get analysis paralysis. They'll they'll mm. sit half the session figuring out how to cross yes. that bridge I just mentioned. So getting through the garden, if you ever yes. do, if you ever bother, <laughs> you know. So it all comes you know, to the head. I mean, I
0: see hedge maze, right?
2: Yeah, it's the the hedge maze maze. Which I actually think is kind of interesting. Yeah. It's not bad. I, I, it's not I mean, terrible.
0: This, this was before it became a uh, cliché. I mean, I, I think this is the first hedge, hedge maze I remember in a D&D module. Or,
2: well, what was cool, and it's a little confusing, Every, you get into the center, and this is the hedge maze, and you get to the center of it, and you will go into the next part of the module, um, which is the... the, the Palace of Spires, mm-hmm. I think it's called, or something. You, so you have to navigate this maze and get to the center of it and get to this portal. But every time, le- here's what it says. When you leave the, mage, the maze and then enter it, it's a completely different maze again. It also says that if anyone leaves the maze and they come back in, it changes. So what, does it change for the people who are in the maze at that moment as well? Hmm. So it's a little confusing. Yeah. Um, and you know and sometimes if I were to you know I don't know how you would want to do that maze you know um, because if I gave someone like this maze on a sheet of paper well they'd figure it out you know I don't know how you know is it dice rolls is it this I'd almost make it you know what I'd make it darker I'd make it a sinister maze when you make a wrong turn it's a very wrong turn (laughs) that's I mean I would I, you know, I'd, I'd add uh, add some traps to it. i add some monsters to it. Uh, maybe the monsters aren't even real. Maybe they're illusions. Oh, it's all part of the game. It's only in fun. Seeing your dead parents come to life and try and kill you, <laughs> it's just a practical <laughs> joke. You know, it's that weird fairy logic. It's the only way I can describe it.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that would, that would be a good place to do something like that, to add some traps and some of the more typical... Uh, dungeon-esque encounters because, I you know, I get that they wanted to step away from that and that's important to show that, you know, the game's more than just dungeon crawls. But in the same breath, I mean,
3: mm-hmm. that's
0: what D&D is. You have to have some of that element or you lose part of your audience.
2: Yeah, which I think also goes back to the, you know, who wrote it. British guys. Um, British people, even with, like, children's fiction, they take a very different tact than they do with... Uh, you know, the quote Harry Potter novels, those get um, progressively darker and uh, more mature as you read them. Um, they treat their their fiction a lot differently, and I don't know how else to describe it than that. Uh, it's definitely a different mindset than what we do over here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially if you look at the work of, say, like Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Uh, You know, like uh, his book, The Graveyard Book. Uh, It's a kid's book. Um, It's a kid book about a kid being raised by ghosts. You know, (laughs) that's not something you used to see over here. Which, by the way, spoiler for anyone, if you've uh, not read The Graveyard Book, it's pretty much, it's the jungle book, except instead of the animals of the jungle, it's ghosts in a graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's done really, really well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but it's a different mindset with how they do things. So, you know. So, uh, we get through the garden, uh, you know, maybe we have an encounter with the green man. Maybe we don't. Probably will, because we're all freaking murder hobos. <laughs> um, you know, and then we get to, you know, we get through the maze, get into the maze, you know, and there's not a lot of creepiness to the maze. I mean, there's no Jack Nicholson chasing after you with an axe. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um just frustrating stuff. Changes of distances and, and the layout of the maze and stuff like that, like Thomas
0: was saying. It's
2: I love the I love the changing of distances sort of thing, but that's all there is to it. The, where's the where's the sinister part of that?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know. Um that's more of a call of Cthulhu sort of thing than a D and D thing. Um, but even in Call of Cthulhu you could go mad in a maze that'd be cool <laughs> you know but anyway so we get to the palace Louie you want to take the palace? first off palace if you want to see what
0: there. the palace yeah. absolutely is not turn to page 22 and you get a full page piece of artwork <laughs> of something that a looks like out a time bandit
2: Tim yeah it's a beautiful piece by Tim Truman
0: yeah it's, it's an awesome piece it but it's like an, an orc stronghold or something I mean it's some scary yeah, yeah. crap
1: <laughs> yeah it, um, well, I, I mean, it, you know what? It kind of yes, or like um, it kind of reminds me of the old uh, Lord of the Rings cartoon. Oh yeah, that kind of
0: uh, that Ralph backsheet stuff. Just yeah. wait till uh, kind of. geek credit here, Briggy. Yeah, that'll yeah. come back well, to haunt you.
1: <laughs> well, good good luck with with me. Hopefully, I'll answer some of them. Who knows? <laughs> um, but like, uh, for me, it reminds me of kind of its. Um, how do I want to say it? Like, it, it, it kind of reminds me of the Jack Kirby lines if you look at, at comics. But I mean, it's edgy and kind of pointy and not down. rounded and yeah. Um, it doesn't look like an enchanted, lovely
2: yeah.
1: um, castle, like where a princess would be. I mean, it kind well, of like... Well, if you look, at,
2: go if ahead, you look a- at the Tim Truman art, the art looks more about what I'm thinking of this module, a little more sinister, a little more yeah. dark. You know, he draws this fairy castle, you know, the way a fairy castle would look. Something like you would see in the movie Labyrinth. Yes. Right, you right. Know, but we don't get that. It's, you know, anyway, keep going, please.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so anyhow, the palace, um, I'm going to hit the fast-forward button pretty strong here. Most of the okay. palace is just beautiful scenery. Um, there's two rooms you run into with people in it. One room, you run into these... Uh, it's a lot
2: of marble and sculpture and very Greco-Roman. Oh, yeah. You,
0: you run into, uh, what's the guy's name, Hamish, and I forget the other guy. These these two... Uh, Adventurers, like Hamish so, and not Hamish, uh, yeah. Argus maybe Argus, yes. Uh, eh. So they uh, they'd been sent here if I remember correctly. They'd been sent here to try to find the uh, couple earlier, but they drank from the um, the uh, Fountain of All Heal, which makes players uh, characters whatever want to stay in the garden and kind of they forget their memories and stuff like that and just. You know,
2: living, which is very fairy, fey, very cool. Yeah, it is,
1: and it kind of reminded me of um, uh, one of the, what is it, the Lightning Thief movies, where they're in Vegas and they, it's that lotus flower or whatever.
3: Hmm. Oh, you know yeah, what I am talking lotus about. Yeah. From uh,
1: yeah, yeah, mythology. it kind of yeah. reminds me of that.
0: So they've got that going on, and then the other room has uh, Juliana and Orlando that you are trying to rescue, but of course they've drank in from drinking, they they drunk. They They
1: drinking and drinking. They they have
0: partaken. (laughs) I ain't drunk. I'm just (laughs) drinking. So they've uh, they've imbibed in the uh, fountain of all heal. So they're they're under its spell and they're. Women's doubts
2: is a bigger word.
0: There you go. (laughs) I sounded smarter. Uh, So. so, th- and this to me is an interesting problem. So now you have this couple here that's in bliss, that has this beautiful palace that they're living in. They don't want to leave; they have no compulsion to. Um, and yet, your job is to get them out of here, but you can't get out of here anyhow. But that's beside the point. <laughs> uh, so I think that's an interesting. And at this point, conflict. you might
2: not want to leave either.
0: Yeah, you might have. Yeah, some of the characters might have also drank, or maybe your character's just given up. I don't know. W- one thing I think would be interesting is if like. They were starting to believe themselves to be the couple. You know what I mean? Like the. Uh, well, or, that's
2: a subplot to this too. It, Everyone else in the garden thinks they are. They, yeah. and his is dead love. Come mm-hmm. back to life, been reincarnated or something. Mm-hmm. I think
0: it'd be even funner, more fun, <laughs> even more fun. <laughs> Man, this is not my. <laughs> night. That's right,
2: folks. We're from Indiana. <laughs> we are. <laughs> well, oh,
0: these the people I knew what I did for a living. So anyhow, (laughs) it would be more fun.
3: No kidding, both of us, right? (laughs) If
0: if you also did the same thing with Hamish and Argus, like if one of them was like starting to, you know, like they had this like real Nancy sort of relationship, (laughs) where like you know the big fighters like wearing like rabbit rabbit uh, fur uh, slippers and a silken robe or whatever. (laughs) That'd be just creepy. I think that'd be pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> spin it off that way but anyhow so you got that going on other than that the palace is just eye candy uh, unless you take the magical invisible bridge that goes from one corner tower's roof all the way around to the uh, oh, I forgot about the other corner tower and then that allows you to go to like the the actual uh, vault where uh, uh and I'm going to say it uh, Sherwin is that what we said it would be yeah, Serowin. Sure. Serowin, uh, where their, their vault is with their bodies and everything. And mm-hmm. then magically, by going there, they're pleased that you came to visit them and pay respects, and you get a wish. So then you got to use your wish to get out of there, to get out of this pocket dimension. Right. So what do you and think of that? And then, then when go. you come
2: out, you don't quite remember everything. You wake up in the Crystal Cave, right? Yeah,
0: and you think it's all... Well, actually, I think it's the Cave of Echoes. And you think it's all Okay, it's one of those. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you feel like was, you woke up as if it was in a dream. You know, again, <laughs> another sort of fairyland sort of thing.
3: So right. before you I go you off find on out. all
2: this, what, what do you guys think? Like, you know, this is a classic case of nostalgia burn. Mm. And that's a phrase I coined when, you know, you see something and you think very favorably upon it. And more often than not, maybe it's an old cartoon you enjoyed as a kid, and you're like, oh, I'm going to watch this. And you start watching it, and then you realize, what the hell did I – I didn't know anything when I was a kid. This sucks, you know. <laughs> but as a kid, you loved it. Like, but I've seen right. a lot of people with the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon show that feel that way. I do not. I do not have nostalgia burn with that. Um, and nostalgia burn basically says that, should have left it well enough alone. Mm-hmm. I still like the D&B cartoon, I but that's do. not the point. There's some people well, who don't. Man, off-,
0: off track here for just a second, uh, I mm-hmm. just saw like a clip on Facebook, and I have no idea if this is a real thing or not, of uh, live action, um, Hank pulling the energy bow back, firing an arrow, and it hitting Tiamat. Have you seen this?
2: Um, I think this was a fan film that was done. Man, it was good. And it might even... Uh, well, okay, I remember you have the box set, so mm-hmm. do I, the original one, uh, that looks like the old red box. There's some special features on there that has some of that on there.
0: Okay, no, this wasn't that. That that was interesting, okay, but this was, this was like CGI, this, it's, like, it's like, you know, $100,000 oh, you know what it is?
2: Oh, no, no, you know what this was? This was, I want to say, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. It's a Volkswagen commercial from Germany. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely <laughs> is. Go look it up. You'll see... You see Bobby the Barbarian, you see Presto, you see the girl, uh, whoever was uh, the thief. Yeah, no, it's a Volkswagen commercial from Germany.
0: Huh, yeah, I'll have to look that up, but I I saw that just in passing, and I was like, oh man, they're making a movie, oh, hot damn. But anyhow,
2: alright, back to the
0: Palace of Spires and getting a wish by visiting dead people.
2: What do you think? Yeah. It's anticlimactic. Yeah. It's very anticlimactic. Um, I think when I ran this when I was a kid, they got their wish, and they got to keep it. So I don't even remember what we all wished for or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, They did their wish, and then uh, I think they got the kids to want to leave or whatever. I don't even remember. At this point, they're like, you guys want to stay? Fine, we're out of here.
0: <laughs> um,
2: I think that's really what happened. Not collecting on this one. Yeah, no, I already made enough being here. And so they just go back to the fairy ring. And I had another thing, though, that if they went to the fairy ring and they entered it, they would go back to the crystal. You know, it was a yeah. two-way door.
0: Yeah, because it, it didn't make sense. It said it used to be a two-way door, but now it's broke. Well, how how does magic break? Like, what, you know, it's interesting. I don't know. But, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'll, um, I'm sorry. Briggy, uh, what, what do you think on this?
1: So I think that there are some really um – cool elements to it Um, just because I like that kind of uh, mystical type stuff like the fae and stuff like that and I think that it would be kind of cool to as as they're going through this mystical type blah 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 to um if you put some RP into it, since there's not a lot of fighting, or if you do fighting, then you... Apparently, if you don't have any magic, then you're screwed. Um, that maybe they found certain things along the way that personally helped them. Like in a 5e game, you know, they there's like this background stuff uh, that you have personally that you figure out before you even start playing your adventure or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that you have some kind of goal or you have some kind of specific thing, and it would be neat to, because you have to, I mean, if you're going to go through all of this stuff, you know, it would be cool to have as a character a personal reward for something. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever seen stories like that? You know, the the people are going through this adventure, and then like one person thing. Right? Yeah, everybody gets yeah, their, everybody gets thing, their kind of. thing. Yeah, I mean, it's something that's going to... There's got to be a little bit more... Of a buy-in in a way that'll tie the characters to the place to want to do the stuff more. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and I don't think they real. I don't think you're going to tell them at the beginning that this the time is weird. Is, do you do you tell them at the beginning? I don't know. I
2: don't believe they have any clue. No, because it's a plot twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a plot okay. Twist. I, 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 it's a I think plot the only twist. clue okay. is
0: while they're in the garden, as I recall, they never see the sun like shifting. You know, they don't, they don't it's see always the cycle of day-night.
2: that kind of thing. In fact, there's even a sundial, I want to say, at the center of that maze that it says. It says in the module, it's always noon. Mm-hmm. It's always summer, and it's always daytime. If you don't even get day uh, – I don't think you get night. Yeah. I might be no, – I, I think you're right. I'm pretty sure up. you're right about that. Okay, okay, okay. Because yeah, I read just – I read through it to, re- to refresh my memory, you know, Um, didn't run it or anything um but yeah um I I would almost say your buy-in I would take the 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 the, the Romeo and Juliet aspect of it out um I'd almost have I'd go like I said again with the more sinister fairy I'd take part of the story out still use the caves because they're kind of cool and use the garden but almost well maybe use the caves but you know how in we, we talked about this and I'm running the Curse of Strahd 5e for my family um you know how one of the buy-ins for Ravenloft is you enter the mists of Ravenloft and you just stumble upon it. You could mm-hmm. be on any campaign setting, on any realm or plane of existence, and you fall into Ravenloft or whatever. In the same way, you can fall into this realm of fairy, into this realm of the fae. Maybe in your game, you've pissed off a leprechaun or whatever, <laughs> and he decides to teach you a lesson and puts you in this garden or something. But that almost makes this a completely different adventure, Mm -hmm. where you're just taking the garden, which I've done this with games, you're just taking one element out of that adventure and adding it to whatever campaign that you're currently doing. You know, you're using the maps and the encounters and stuff like that, but as far as everything else, you're just jettisoning it, which is another aspect of modules that people don't get. You know, rip off what you want to use in your game. Maybe you just want this one encounter of this tower. Use it. You know, or whatever. You don't even have to run the whole module, but that's not the scope of this podcast either, though. But that's then again, that is Mm -hmm. how would we use this in a modern game? What I was like thinking I would
0: tweak. So, I mean, the setup in general, I thought was kind of weird that you had the the half elf uh, uh, wife die before the human husband, who was a magician, uh, magic user, whatever. Who's a very, very
2: powerful. powerful.
0: So yeah. I, I thought, well, what if what if the magician, early on, and maybe in secret, realizes, you know, my wife's going to outlive me by, you know, 100 years or whatever. So maybe, like, he gets into some dark magic secretly, and then, you know, Ooh. give the devil his due, something about the dark magic ends up making it so his wife dies, you know. And so now he's, like, trapped as, you know, nearly eternal. How about
2: without his wife. I love that idea. Yeah, I'd almost I do say too. this. I, I love this. It almost like, okay, he, he gets into this dark magic, he starts doing things. He thinks, Well, I want to live with her forever. The only way that I can do that is if I kill her. Oh uh-huh, yeah. So you get really you know, and then you get dark, so you could have this beautiful land with this wonderful idea, but underneath it, this whole thing was founded on murder or something. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah, is I was, a I was really going dark
0: it, I oh, was going boy. Midnight Blue on this, and you went, like, Galactic Black on this.
3: Yes. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, totally metal. I just went totally metal <laughs> on this. But you know, you this is a like- concept album by Mastodon, okay?
1: <laughs> and I'm the one that wanted everybody to get something out of it, so I don't, you know, I guess I'm the pansy the well, in this, this one. These are
2: all valid <laughs> ideas, though, and they're giving us more meat than what's mm-hmm. in the adventure. See then I think you could take uh kind of and I know it's sort of a
0: ripoff of Ravenloft to an extent but maybe uh maybe Juliana uh is, is like the embodiment of uh, Serowin and so now he's like he's like oh I'm going to steal this guy's bride and, and maybe he could even somehow get the players involved in that you know and try to make them pawns in his game to kill off Orlando Well,
2: well that becomes the plot to the Eddie Murphy Disney movie The Haunted uh, Mansion. Yeah. That's true. Which we, we just, just watched, watched that, the other actually. day. <laughs> Julia had it on Disney Plus the other day. Which yep, is, it's an enjoyable little family film. I have you to know, check that one, and, out. It's one I think I missed. Uh, it's actually pretty good.
1: It's fun. It's very good with Eddie Murphy, of course.
2: Yeah, but we're also big Disney nerds in this. We, we are.
1: Movie. We we are so. nerds of all kinds here. Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, you
1: throw that out. We we got it probably. Um, yeah.
0: Alright, so kind of buttoning uh, this thing up uh, any other hot takes, any other things uh, different ways you could use this module different places you could put it, things you would do with it different
2: um, I guess different I know a lot, Do we'd do so many changes it'd almost turn it into another adventure altogether mm. um, I mean I love the game and now that we've talked about it I'm like why? Why do I love <laughs> this? You've harshed my buzz! Sorry I, man you You've crapped on my childhood. <laughs> oh, I. Okay. Well, I don't know
1: about that. But maybe it's just because, um, you know, we have so much more now to yeah. pick from. And back then, there wasn't as much. So this was a hot, you know, yeah. module. It, it, back it, it then. was
0: definitely the. Because you could
1: it, get your hands on it. Yeah.
0: It was the odd colored duck, it was the horse of a different color of its time. And, you yeah. know. So it, just right. in that alone, I guess,
2: was.
3: Because well, it this different. might have been
2: fun, fun for Dungeon Masters to run for their player groups because they knew it was going to screw with them. If they ran it as TV written... Murder as like, okay, yeah, I'll teach you. Yeah, you murder... Yeah, there you go.
1: That's too funny.
2: No, seriously. I mean, sir, that might be part of the fun. I think part of it is... the. Ch- it, it does have a certain charm to it. We're looking at this at a very... Uh, we're looking at a very, very... Magnifying glass to it, mm. but if we take it at face value, it is a you know it's supposed to be a light adventure, you know, with a little it's it's more like Narnia than it is anything else, sort of thing. That's fair. Um, the Green Man almost comes off more like a drunken Aslan. <laughs> than, <laughs> than, uh, well, the, you
1: know the, what? Um, it reminded me of the Christmas Carol. The the Ghost of Christmas Present is kind of like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, I was reading in here, and um, he has a special of attack of intoxication.
2: <laughs> he can breathe oh. on you, I think, and make you drunk. Yep. It's, hysterical. His, 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 it's a wonderful He has a weapon. breath attack. <laughs> yes, it's a, he has a breath attack. It's like a like, breath weapon. Oh, hey, how are you doing? Oh, roll for breath weapon. You know, you've got the contact oh, from the green. Oh my god!
1: It says once per round, the green man can breathe out a cloud of radius of ten feet centered, ten feet in front of him, and all those within the cloud become slightly intoxicated. <laughs> and you, you have no saving throw. Sorry, yeah, I mean, you just
2: are drunk instantly. A, yeah. You suddenly have, you don't have a sword plus one anymore. You've got a red solo cup plus one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, it says to you need to, you should uh, be looking at the intoxication table in the DMG. Wow, I didn't. Oh
2: yeah, find Gygax, it. I had a table for, Gygax had a table for everything. <laughs> Seriously, you like that? Uh, tables. <laughs>
3: I
0: always felt that this had a uh, a feel of like um like a classic Star Trek episode at the beginning, but then it just never kind of paid out on that. You know what I mean? You get to this okay, place sure. that's like ideally perfect, and so you're like, oh, something's up here. It can't be this perfect.
2: Because well, it, it has really. to be a third – then it was a third season episode is <laughs> all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> As everyone knows I'm a very hardcore Star Trek guy. But anyway, yeah, it'd be a third yeah. season.
0: In fact that's that's something I might do with this a little different, is I might kick it over to Spelljammer. Have this be like some like little asteroid world that the the couple ran away to on a jammer ship or whatever.
2: Okay, well that's a very good thought. How would you adapt this to another setting? <laughs> Another, maybe even another game. Not like, okay, it's set in Greyhawk, I'll put it in Forgotten Realms. No, 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 no. That's all I'm talking about. Like what you said, Spelljammer. Or Star Trek. It'd make a hell of a Star Trek I mean, game. It's got a Forbidden
0: Planet kind of feel with like the Green Man being lobby yeah. or whatever. Do something yeah,
2: that. Well, it's very Shakespearean at points. It tries to be, anyway. You know, you could go real sinister if you want to, and this could be like the Upside Down in Stranger Things. <laughs>
3: Yeah, if you, you want to go really dark, dark, take everything dark, and f- go, you know, yeah, 100% yeah, hundred percent
2: real with metal it. with this thing, with a soundtrack by Dio. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right.
3: Any so.
0: final thoughts on the on the uh, this old dungeon portion of the episode?
2: No, I think we've crapped on this thing <laughs> enough.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Rest I, in peace,
2: <laughs> Beyond Crystal Cave. <Kate>, <laughs> oh, we love you, and I'll still keep you in my collection on the shelf. But there you are. There <laughs> we you paid are. you tribute. Do we?
0: Tribute, do, we uh, do we at least get the wish?
2: <laughs> yeah. all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. Uh, all right, listeners, you know what the next section is, right? Hey, hey, you. Do you have any geek credit? That's right. Geek credit. <laughs> Yeah. yeah
2: geek credit. I always say Greek. I don't know why. I keep slipping on that. Yeah, geek Greek credit.
3: Cred.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> Going to rush in a
2: Greek credit has to do, I think, betting on college sports.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Jimmy the Greek. laughs> All right, so, uh, Briggy's up today, uh, and we've already looted that, uh, you know, she's pretty big into Lord of the Rings. Uh We've yeah. also looted that she's a uh, computer tech expert. Yep. So, uh those are the lanes I'm driving in with my questions here.
1: Okay. All, All right, we'll see So see I do.
0: Uh, I do have one spare question because I, I wrote one that I thought wasn't necessarily <laughs> fair, so we'll, we'll see. I may throw that other <laughs> oh, one great. out to you as a life preserver <laughs> here. All right. So um, most of us knew Lord of the Rings first as the uh, Ralph uh, Bakshi, ba- Bakshi uh, cartoon. Uh, he did many other cartoon pieces. I'm going to list four cartoon movies. You tell me which one is not his, okay?
1: What does this have to do with Lord of the Rings? He, in fact, he did Lord of the Rings like that. Was, like okay, but like I know nothing about producers, directors, oh, or any of that. Okay, yeah, okay. It's but candid. you know, I will. I guess, got the
0: lifeline yeah. there, one. I got the the life preserver sure, one to throw sure, out sure. to you if you bail. yeah. So, We're not mean, talking can, about. You like, remember those you know, cartoons, right? Though.
1: I remember a one cartoon that I, of Bilbo Baggins, mm-hmm. but I don't know yeah. if that's his.
0: No, that's his. Okay. It's the one okay. everybody's seen. It's just what got most of us as kids interested in reading the books. All right, so you, you've seen that style of, uh, yeah. of animation, so maybe you've seen these other movies and can, can compare which ones might match up with that. Yeah, so we'll see. Which, <laughs> of, which one of these four movies was not his? The movies are Fritz the Cat. Cool World, Heavy Metal, and The Black Cauldron. So again, the choices Fritz the Cat, Cool World, Heavy Metal, The Black Cauldron. Which of those was not a uh, Ralph Bakshi uh, animation?
1: Uh, the heavy Metal?
0: No, actually, he did that. It was mm-hmm. the Black Cauldron, the, the Disney The Black he
1: Cauldron. He didn't do the Black Cauldron. Okay. No.
0: Yeah, let's. All right, like I said, I, that, that one I thought was maybe a little bit of an outlier, so I've got a, a separate one for you here at the end here. Well,
1: that one, okay, anything that has to do with, like, do you know this actor's name and no? <laughs> no. Do you know the character in the book? Yes. And what he did? Yes. But, like, the director who ran the camera? I don't know who that is.
0: Anyway, go ahead. Okay, okay, so this next one I think you'll get. Uh, okay. So, J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, the writer of Lord of the Rings, he yeah. fought in what major war... Which he is oftentimes said.
3: <laughs>
1: no, oh, really? Because
0: <laughs> he's, he, he's oftentimes said that his experiences in this war helped him to kind of formulate you know, the wars that go on in the Lord of the Rings. So, uh, well, I guess you're just going to have to take a stab in the dark then here. The, sure. the wars uh, that you have to choose from are the Crimean War, uh, the Battle of the Fords <laughs> of Isen, World War One, or World War Two.
1: I'm going to say World War One. That is
0: correct. Good, Good job. job. Yep. So, yeah, he said yeah. some of the, the trench warfare and stuff he experienced there, he, he uh, kind of inspired a lot of his writing on the wars that take place in the books. All right. Um, so... <laughs> Man, this one might not be too fair either, but oh well. <laughs> I'm sorry. At the time I wrote it, I thought, this is a great question. <laughs> well, right.
1: sure, if you want to know about who wrote the books, yeah. but I like the characters and stuff in the books. I, all I, right, do, go have, I do have one it's coming fine. up
0: on that. so uh, It's all good. Here, here we go. All right, if you wanted to see the original manuscripts of most of Tolkien's work, where <laughs> would you go? Would you go to Scotland, New Zealand, Paris, or Wisconsin? And I will warn you that this is a little surprising. If you wanted to see his manuscripts this- for, like, The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, the, uh, what's the, Persimian? No, that's not right. That's a fruit. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, the fruit. No, the Where would you Which go? I
1: tried to read, and oh, that was so difficult.
0: Scotland, uh, <laughs> New Zealand, Paris, or Wisconsin?
1: Part of me wants to just uh, say Wisconsin.
0: Uh, why don't I talk to that part of you? So where, where would you go? I don't know.
1: I mean, you would say maybe New Zealand because the movies were made there, but why was he?
0: I want to talk to that part that was that was telling you where it thought
3: Wisconsin. Wisconsin's correct.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, like, while he was still alive and uh, before the books really kind of hit the mainstream, uh, a professor at Marquette uh, asked him, "Hey, can I buy all your manuscripts?" And Hmm. he bought them and put them uh, in the collection there at that college. So, Wisconsin's where you want to go. That's
1: cool.
2: Uh-huh. That's Can weird. That's like cheese like go me. and... Uh, go ahead,
1: honey.
2: Yeah, yeah no, I was going to say, uh, like, not, not the original, original, but the London Bridge, which was taken down in London and is now in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. Really? I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, I've been across it. They were putting up a new <laughs> London Bridge or something like that. So, they had a span of the river in Arizona... And they bought the London Bridge and had it moved over brick by brick, and it's in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. It's a big spring break town now.
0: Well, i got to write that into an adventure or something, you know. You must go to London Bridge, and then it turns out that they're oh, totally in the wrong place. I <laughs> want to
2: say there's a oh movie called Jack's Back where the spirit of Jack the Ripper uh, possesses someone in Lake Havasu City, Arizona <laughs> because he was on the London Bridge at some point. Anyway, please continue. All right, Ricky. So, uh, All right. Um,
0: where are we at here? Oh, okay. Uh, which of the following... This was. I think you'll get this one. Which of the following <laughs> is not a battle from Lord of the Rings? Okay? okay. So these are your choices. You All got right. the Battle of Endor, the Battle of Isengard, the Battle of Mirkwood, or the Battle of Dol Which one is not in the Lord of the Rings? Battle, I would say
1: the first one.
0: Battle of Endor? Yeah. You're right. Yep, that's Star Wars. Yeah. All right. And like
1: that is not a place that I know of in Lord of the Rings at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so I think we're we're sitting out of three out of four.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: Alright, final question here, but I do got a kicker if uh if we don't clench, but I guess th- three out of five still gets you your your geek credit, so you're good either oh, way.
3: Well, <laughs> Alright,
0: so uh let's let's uh move over to uh computer stuff. Um, okay. Let's see. Where's a good one? Okay. Um, which uh, comedy sketch group did the term for junk mail on a computer, that is spam mail, come from? What comedy sketch group did they base that term spam off of? Was it a skit done
1: by oh, Saturday Night Live, um,
0: Kids in mm, the Hall, no. Second City TV, or Monty Python? Monty
1: Python.
0: Oh, you got it. Yep, yeah, spam yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where they say spam over and over and over again. Over
1: and over again, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good. You got it. Your your credit is in. <laughs> Four out of well, five. It's good.
1: All right. All right, well.
0: folks. I think we're going to be wrapping it up on this recording. Uh this is June the thirteenth, two thousand twenty. We have been this old dungeon. I am Luau Lu. Go ahead, guys. This is Thomas. This is Briggy. And we're saying good night. Say good night.
2: This
0: Old Dungeon is copyright 2020. The views expressed on this show are the views of individual hosts and do not reflect the opinions or beliefs of anyone else on the show, the show itself, or even rational thought. We reserve the right to sound like complete asshats should the need arise. Submit all questions and complaints to thisolddungeon at gmail.com. Mileage may vary.